a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Racer X Online Glen Helen Review Podcast. Thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. Of course, my name is Steve Mathis. We're here to break down round two, Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Series, taking a place at Glen Helen Raceway. Uh, thanks to uh, Racer X Online for uh, putting this up there. Don't forget to subscribe to the latest issue. And Fox Racing, foxhead.com, visit local authorized Fox dealer. Continuing to elevate and innovate the gear uh, companies uh, out there. One of the best ones out there, Fox Racing. Foxhead.com. Uh, Colton Fossiati wears Fox. Ryan Dungey. Kenny Roxon, just some of the guys that wear Fox. I threw the Fossiati in there because later this week there will be a Canadian motocross season preview pod available on RaceRex Online. Canadian series starts this weekend. It's got a shit ton of Americans in it, so maybe people should pay attention. But anyways, this pod is about Glen Helen and all that happened at, at, the, uh, at the Hills of Helen. I'm Steve Mathis. With me, my boss at RaceRex Online, the voice of American motocross, Jason Wygant. Yeah. Yeah, bro, we're like the same now, you and I. We're basically... Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think so. What was N- that? NBC Sports. Employees, broadcasters, we're the same. <laughs> luckily, luckily for everyone involved, your show has already been canceled. So, thank goodness. It was... It's two and done. Um Oh, really a shame, though. I mean, I, I only got to see – I watched all the JT show from last week, oh, yeah. uh, and I saw two seconds of yours this week, basically, when you threw it to us is all I've seen so far. But I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's start off with that. But also on the line, uh, the co-host of the episode number one of the starting get on NBC Sports, uh, Fly Race Wear's own, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Do I get to be the same, too? Am I also the same as Weech? Well, yes, except you were replaced by me, so you're, you know, maybe you how do you How do you perceive that that replacement was arranged? Well, you weren't there. No, no, no. I, w- I want you to recount how that replacement was arranged and the step-by-step process of how well, we arrived. I, I wasn't involved with that. I simply got a, 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 an email and a text from the high ups by at NBC. Me, that would be me, right? The text was from me? Uh, no, the first one wasn't. I don't think, was uh, it? Yeah, remember when I tagged you in an email that included the NBC gentleman and he did not respond to you, and then I followed that up even further, and then I was texting uh, at Hangtown, hey, you need to follow up with these people. Yeah, hey, you got to meet with these happen. guys, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. The uh, the show's done, though, yeah, it's done. We, we had a fun time doing it, it was a good time. Um, do you think it'll be back? I think so, yeah. I think money. the... Uh, yeah, I think we upped the the level of it for sure. I, I actually thought it went really, really well. The biggest thing is we just need to find funding for it, just like everything else in this world. You know what I? You know what the number one question I got from people that were well, besides of why you? After that question, uh, I got a question of why are they doing this? Why would they do this? And I'm always like, 
it's cool. They want to do it. They they want to promote the sport. I mean, like people why would who do it? NBC. Yeah, why would NBC want to do put on a show like this? And I'm like, well, because they want to promote the sport. I I found yeah, it really I mean, weird. They have a lot of <laughs> they have a lot of money wrapped up in this thing. They're trying to grow a business. Um, yeah, Ouija. I appreciate you making fun of me for saying I was wheeled out in a Hannibal Lecter mask. So, um, uh, but I wish I had known um, our. Um, our TV producer, Chris Bond, was so happy when he saw the orange gloves. He even texted me a picture of it. I wish I had known. That was Oh, that was yeah. Brilliant. No, JT, I never let you in on that. Um, Not until showtime, though. Yes. I, I saw it, yeah. But uh, you ran the orange gloves last week because you were cold, and there was a lot of uh, tweets about that and wonderment about that. And, and immediately the, the Tristan at NBC Sports said, we got to get you orange gloves. And I'm like, done and done. So I pulled them out. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> That was their suggestion. Well, yeah, because they had been seen. Like they follow me on Twitter, or whatever, and I was retweeting what the, what is up with the orange gloves. I took a poll about the biggest mm-hmm. surprise from Hangtown and JT's orange gloves tied Roxon's race in the poll <laughs> um, for biggest surprise. <laughs> um, it really helped that that, that crew, uh, Tristan and well, TJ wasn't there this weekend, but I know um, uh, Sarah was there this weekend. I know this. So they're just they're super fans. You know, they're big fans of the sports. So that really helps. Yeah, make that show which go so well. Yeah, and Bondo, <laughs> Bondo, the producer of the TV shows in Supercross, and or is he director or producer? I, I don't know. Producer, producer, yeah. Bondo. He uh, he said, "Hey, don't fuck up." I'm like, "Okay, thanks, thanks for the thanks for the pep talk, Bondo." But honestly, like like JT, I don't know. You probably I got a lot of great feedback from the NBC people and everyone on Twitter and all that. But and I mean, I'm not trying to brag here, but. They gave me, you know, hey, break down Jeremy Martin and Cooper Webb for two minutes. Um, okay, would you like an hour? Because I could go an hour on anything. And it's JT, you're the same way. Um, so they're like, man, that's awesome. You did a great job and everything else. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's two minutes. I got an hour, I got an hour on Marty Davalos. You know, what do you, what do you need? What do you need? I got an hour on top Jimmy. You know, I, it's, so it's great. I mean, you know, I'm awesome that they think I did a good job and, I think I did a good job, and JT, I watched half of uh, half of your show. You did well as well. It's kind of—I don't want to say it's easy, JT, but it's easy. Yeah, but this is this is in our wheelhouse. Like, yeah, I, I don't think uh, I think it's easy for us. So I think the the level is a bit different of, of expectation because this is what we do. This is what we're doing right now. You no, know, I know. This, we no. yeah. So I, I think if you threw a person who doesn't do this all the time in there, yeah, it's going to be tougher. They're not going to feel as comfortable. Just you know. Uh, kind of jumping in and out of subjects with no real script. This is what we do, though, on every show. You know, we do three, four, five shows a week just like this <laughs> yeah. all the time, analyzing the sport. So I, I think it was very much right along in the like, in the you did normal everyday deal. You didn't struggle, I'm sure, JT. You found everything no, pretty I, simple, I fine. pretty you know, breaking it down. I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I got this. You know, like, yeah. The, the only thing I was a bit worried about was just uh, how it would be with Jenna. Like, is it going to be awkward? Right. Because I've never done anything with her. Like, suppose you or Weed or anybody it would be. I mean, just easy. I mean, super smooth. Yeah, I could see that. I felt that you know, five minutes into mine, and then watching you, I could tell you were right at home too. So it's it's definitely something we're I think comfortable with. So it gets a little skewed of how we view it. You know, I think other people may would have a tougher time than we did, but that's all right. Um, Jenna was like, yeah, yeah. I kind of told her that same theory. The coach, uh, the co-host Jenna Corrado, I kind of told her the same theory. And, um, and she was like, well, yeah, but the camera and everything. And I'm like, perhaps you haven't seen the bottom line show. 
Perhaps you've not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, may I direct you to this webisodes called The Bottom Line Show? But, uh, Weech, Weech, do you have to go through all those meetings? Like, good God. No, I think you have more meetings than I do. I have one conference call on a Wednesday. It lasts for an hour at max, sometimes not even that long. And then um, we have some meetings on Friday, and we don't even do rehearsal like you guys do. So uh, I got it easier. I got I it mean, easier. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it was two calls during the week, some lengthy emails. Um, fr- fr- Friday, a little bit of rehearsal, and then like a meeting. At, uh, you know? Like... <laughs> A lot of whining on the deck. JT, a yeah, yeah, a lot of whining about no, putting the, in the work. It's not whining. It's just I got this. I got it, everyone. I, I'm I believe e- it was whining. I don't know how else to describe uh, the text that you were sending. <laughs> I'm an eagle. I will soar. Let me go. You know, do not hold me down. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pumped on this, and I hope it does come back in some way, shape, or form because it really feels like. I mean, this is not anything we. You know, this wasn't some massive plan we've put together for the last six years or whatever they'd be doing this podcast. But the fact that you two were the hosts, and then eventually it was thrown to me, and then back and forth. Yeah. Like, it was practically this podcast getting discovered. It's like, uh, what's that Men in Blazers show that NBC Sports now has, which was what? Some soccer podcast that now is a TV yeah. show? Yeah, it is, it is funny. Like that, this pod was coming to life. It is, fu- it is funny that way, for sure, that, that, yeah, somehow, like, you know, they've, they were like, oh, you know, they got, you know, Weed, you do a good job, obviously, and then they got JT and I, and they probably, bo- everyone was like, pro- you know, not tooting our own horn, but they were probably like, yeah, those two guys did really well, Mathis and, and Thomas, and, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, we got it, like, this is what we do, uh, you know, so no problem on that. Um, I, Jenna said I could not use the term balls out. I was I wanted to throw the term balls out. I was not allowed to. JT, they were they were worried about me swearing. They were definitely worried about me. You know, I don't know if you got those kind of warnings, but no, I didn't get the I didn't get the seventy five percent pulp. I did get the warnings about you though, and I was like, well, I, you know, I'm not his keeper. I don't know if you think I you know hold him back in a cage and just right. unleash him at certain times or I know. <laughs> I know. That's what's funny about it. Like, yeah, they were like, hey, like, no swearing, no this. And I'm like, balls out? They're like, no, no. And I'm like, okay. You know, I don't know. And they actually had me carry a segment with Donnie Emler Jr. And they were like, okay, now you got to throw it to this video. And then I threw it to the, like, okay, so the guy's in your ear, right? And I think it's, is it Jeff? Really cool guy, Canadian guy. So I liked him. Um, Jeff is in my ear and goes, okay, after this, throw it to Hangtown, the recap video. So I'm like, all right, and we we don't have the TV, we don't have the time breaks like you do, right, JT? I mean, I found it pretty flexible with time. They were they were not like, hey, end it no, now. No, well, there's no there's no right. hard outs or anything. They yeah. just put the commercials where they want them. Right. So I wrapped up with Donnie. I thought it was going well, and I said, okay, now we're gonna throw it to a hang tap, hangtown recap video, dude. You would have thought, like I just did a uh, quadruple lutz in figure skating. <laughs> like the, Jeff was like, yeah. Good job, nice job, nice work. Like, bro, I just you just told me in my ear like ten seconds ago, and I threw it to <laughs> I, the, the bar was low. As I'm like, yeah, I could throw it through a Hangtown recap video, bro. You know, so I don't know. It was fun. I don't want to give you credit. I mean, because it's much more fun for us to just bag on each other. But 
I, I mean, I know the secret sauce behind even the Pulp Show, and yes, it does get maybe rowdy at times, and that's 100% Pulp, and you're only allowed to go 75%. But I think we all know, like any of those radio shows, like Howard Stern or any of them, like very much what you're doing is the plan to make the show better. You can go in any direction. Like, you're doing it from a broadcast perspective, and you're not just – it's not just accidentally getting out of hand. I think most of the time you're building that, and you know how to turn it on and off when needed. Like, I'll give you credit. You have a lot more experience and skill than most people probably think because it maybe seems like we're just yapping and whatever happens, happens. But I know that it's not really that way. Yeah, absolutely. There are times where I'm like, I gotta, we got to entertain. We have a five-hour show on Monday nights. We have to entertain. You know, So yeah. I really don't yeah. care all that much about JT getting chicken quesadillas all the time. It is strange. But I don't really care all that much. But uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit, you know. So, um, in case it is, I think I'm gonna have one today. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I bet you are. Um, so it was fun. Yeah, a lot of uh, nice tweets. Thanks everybody for watching. It was cool. JT, like I said, you did a good job. Uh, I think, and honestly, like the crew does a good job too. Like all those videos, like and all the, I guess all the meetings and all the video, like they really care about it. They put a lot of work into it. They really wanted to do a, well, a good job. Uh, Tristan was in there, and I'm like, go interview Mike Webb and and get scoops on Stu and Baggett, who were question marks for the day, and he did that, and like they they put a lot of effort into it, and I think that's cool, and I do hope it comes back. It was good. Um, all I can say, all I can say after doing it this year, um, I felt like you know the Hangtown went pretty well. I I felt like the Glen Helen went very very well. I was very impressed uh, by Steve and how it just how fluidly it went. All I can say after watching the two we did this year was poor top Jimmy last year. That poor oh. guy. <laughs> See, I uh, never watched. <laughs> I never watched one of them last year, so I can't say for sure. But I do know Jimmy said there was a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little, it was a, it was a bit different. I would say this year and last year were a bit different. <laughs> not that was not Jimmy's fault. I don't think you know that's not an indictment of Jimmy at all. It was just a very different. Yeah. Overall feel. Huh, I these think guys, leading those shows. These guys had a huge production trailer and everything. Like it was a big deal, you know. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really awesome that they did that, and and I hope they keep it doing. And I don't, I don't even care if I'm a host again. It was a good idea. You know what I mean? So nah, just the sport, the sport can use it whether yeah. we're involved or not. Yeah. That's that's the, real world main, you know, like mainstream type media shows that. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. It's like and I had to put a collar shirt on and shit. Like a big time, big time thing. You know. Um, yeah. By the way, Andrew Shortweege, Shorty was like, what's with the college shirt? And I'm like, yeah, I got to do this show. He's like, looks good. You should keep that up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, people judge you the way you dress. You know, you get a lot more respect from people. And I'm just like, I've heard this from Wygant. He's like, well, yeah. I'm just saying. It's true, man. I'm just like, shut I up. I told you that 10 million times. Shut too. up, Shorty. You don't listen. <laughs> Stupid short. What does he know? Um and then, and then uh, at one at one point when they were talking to Mike Webb, he said, you know, Stu was out after practice. And um, so I put my phone out and the guy's in my ear going, you're on camera, you're on camera, you're on camera. And then they threw it back to us. And I'm like, Jenna, stop. I got to tweet this. Hold on. Stu's out. It's like, I got it. I got this, guys. Did you do it? Yeah. Like I, it? No, I didn't actually do it, but I pretended to, to type. Like, you know, I got it. I'm throwing, throwing it in there. So. Well, I think we're only scratching the surface. If this comes back in some way, shape, or form, and at this point, both of you have proven that it's not going to get, you know, you can't go too crazy the first time out when they don't have trust. But I think at this point, I mean, we could really start doing some crazy things that would still be fine um, and which would make it even better. Yeah, I, definitely. Also, now too, they know that, like you said, you've got it. You'll be fine. I got a tweet that said the sexual tension between Jenna and myself was high, and I got to say, it probably was. 
Yeah, see, that's the direction you don't want to go. <laughs> I asked her about it. I interviewed her after the after the thing, so she did not see it the that way. Attention? Yeah, no, she you did, asked her about. Yeah, she did not see it that way at all. I said, I'm, 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 mar- I'm married. I'm married. So, uh, it, it 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 was fun. It was good. Those guys did a great job. Too many meetings. They, they they're paying me for it too, and I got to fill out so much paperwork. I'm almost like, you know what? Just keep the money. Just keep it. I don't don't make me fill this out because I mean because basically I'm like Bob Costas now I'm on like on his level of payroll. So if I fill it out for you, will you send you can just send me the money. I'll be happy to do it. <laughs> did you fill everything out, JT? I did. It took me like less than two minutes. No, it did not. There's no yes, way. It did. Uh, I'm you it it's, did. Like, it's like a 16 page email <laughs> packet. Yeah, but you only have to sign the last page. No, no, they want all this stuff. They want checks and passports and green cards and filling up. Yeah, you tax- I scan all that on my scanner right next to my desk. Scan it, attach it, email it, yeah. sign the paperwork. Done. I'm an eagle. They can't hold me down with forms and meetings. I would say I will say if you don't have a scanner or if you don't like, I have a scanner. Know, have no, the I have a scanner. yeah. If you don't have the resources, I guess I have at work. It would probably be a pain in the butt. But it was okay. I felt it was well, pretty easy. It is what it is. I think I think uh and also too JT watching the show this week or being on the show Jenna was better the second week. She was more comfortable. Yeah, I didn't notice. That. Yeah, 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 definitely and she she admitted that too that she didn't know much about the sport. She got thrown into it and you know we went to dinner on Saturday night or Friday night and she made all these notes and asking all these questions. She did a great job and she she was better. So that makes me better because she was better. There's no pauses, you know what I mean, that type of stuff. So. Yep. Um, all right, Glenn Helen, let's talk about it. Three, just three NBC sports stars shooting the shit here about Glenn Helen. You know, that's it. <laughs> I, you know, we we kept calling you the B team, too, by the way. Yeah, I did catch that when you threw it to uh, the B team. I, I mean, I'm in on all this. I, I just hope, Lance, I hope the GLs are aware or yeah. cool with it. Who, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I think so. uh, all right, Glenn Helen. I, I do, uh, your truck was right next to mine. Like, I would have loved to have run over there. Yeah. I mean, there's so the potential for this is practically unlimited. Yeah, no. Hey, if you got some props involved, you bring some props. You bring some signs and things. Yes. Like, any, word, any word on Rio? No word yet on Rio. No word. I, I did hash, got that going a little bit with some hashtags, but no word. It's a holiday weekend, so I would think once the execs get back to the office in Stanford, uh, maybe some things change. The six or seven hashtags of send Steve to Rio will probably put me over the edge. <laughs> I would think so. There's no way that doesn't get back to the higher up. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, okay, let's talk some Glenn Helen. All right, so first of all, before we get into Alex Martin holding the red plate, um, everyone I spoke to, they did not like the track. They thought it was sketchy, dangerous, scary. I mean, this goes from Andrew Short to Alex Martin. I mean, Shorty's an old guy, so whatever. He said he'd need to get his balls back from Jackie. Uh, you know, but, like, it, it, Weej, did you get that sense? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, the only guys I talked to were those in the press conference. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I think in that setting, they're a little bit more PC. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, dude, you don't even need to talk to riders. I mean, just look at some of that stuff. I mean, but especially that last 450 mode, it was so crazy rough. And uh, just some of the jumps and everything were just so fast and huge. Sun is going down. The sun is going down. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, yeah. It was gnarly. 74 miles per hour they were doing, the Cowie guys told me, at the triple step up. So, 
Yeah, well, yeah, they had to slow down. Um, they, yeah. The Lit Pro guys said you got to hit it about 60. Yeah. But, yeah, they would hit over 70, so they actually had to slow. Well, everybody saw that one Instagram <laughs> video of the dude who did not. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like, look, I, I do yeah. want to say one thing. I do want to say this. Like, I'm, I'm sure it was sketchy and scary and all those things, and I, I talked about that on your show on Thursday that I would think this is one of the few tracks that even dudes at this level are like, man, I'm a little scared to go this fast or jump this far. But. That huge jump. I mean, in the motos, every dude was jumping it, and I'm talking every three-digit privateer, tired, late in the moto, who's probably barely ridden 30 minutes, you know, week in, week out, and they all jumped it. It wasn't actually, besides that crash from press day, it really wasn't an issue with that, yeah. with that jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think guys guys didn't like that. They didn't like the uh, the Supercross section before the finish line. It 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 was weird, man. They, nobody was pumped on it. I don't know if they were just... You know, I mean, you're never going to make all the guys happy, except in this case, they all almost sort of agreed. But I want to ask about this, and JT, I'm going to pose this to you. Like, yes, everybody in the press conference did say that section after the finish was crazy or gnarly or ridiculous or, or, or going too far or whatever. But I don't think I've ever seen a section shake up the racing so much. And no one was dying through there. They weren't, you know, unbelievable yard sale crashes. But everyone would have a bad time through there once or twice in a moto. They'd lose two or three seconds. It was actually pretty spectacular how much passing happened in that section. So I thought to myself, is that really a problem? Like, big deal. You're making mistakes. It's racing. No one's dying. I thought it was okay. I know it was hard. But what was wrong with it? I think it gets a little scary. And, and some of the comments I heard I, I could really uh, appreciate and agree with. The difference in having a track that is spectacular and crazy visually and all the things that, you know, was, were fun to watch on press day and then having them where you're trying to see on shadows at, a, at the 30-minute mark on Saturday afternoon, it's just tough, man. I just think you open the door to having big injuries and big crashes because these guys are these guys are tired. They can't see. Their motor skills are deteriorating as you're getting that tired. It's it's really tough, and I think that's it's more of a safety thing that those guys are worried about because they'll jump. Those guys are not scared to jump things. They're not scared to, you know, go out to Beaumont with those guys on a weekday, and they will jump things that will blow your mind. So it's not that they're scared of these things, but when you're pushing that hard and you're, let's face it, these guys are worn out at the end of the motos. You can't hold on as well. You're you know you're just not in the same capacity that you were on the first lap or on press day. So. I think that's where they get a little worried. It's like, hey, man, I, if I get a little loose here, I'm not a little tired. I don't want to go to the hospital just because the section's so early. And, and everyone's got to do it. You can't just back out of it or you're going to lose, like you said, three to five seconds to lap. So I think there are ways to make the, the racing really fun to watch but also keep the safety in mind for those guys. And having ridden Glen Helen many, many times, uh, I can remember the 2007 track. Uh, as one, uh, it was either 2007 or 2008, uh, whichever the year Langston wrapped the title would have been 07, yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that, that track when Langston won was one of the scariest I think I've ever ridden. And it wasn't even that. It, I mean, they had some ridiculous jumps. Which actually, JT, a, a sorry, 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 sorry to interrupt you, JT. For, Langston told me that story on Saturday. Massively yep. scary yeah. track. He said yeah, that on Saturday. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there was a triple before the finish. There was a triple on the back straightaway, and that wasn't even counting the shadows where we couldn't even see, you know, at 5 o'clock p.m., you know, the sun drops behind Mount St. Helens, and, you, and it casts a shadow over everything. 
So it was, uh, I think it's a recurring theme at Glen Helen. I just think they kind of upped the ante with uh, the Supercross-style obstacles this year. Well, yeah, it was uh, it was, uh, gnarly. I just that so. one section. I spent that one section, you know, leading on to the start straight. I thought, I'm like, oh, this is the dream scenario that everyone wants on every Supercross track. Here's a rhythm lane that's so difficult that dudes are literally gaining and losing two to three seconds per lap in one section. And the jumps weren't massive. It wasn't fast. Yeah. I just spent that one section. The rest of the track, right. uh, yeah, it's out of hand. Uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it. it was weird because nobody seemed to like it. Even the, yeah, even the guys that won, Dungey no. was pl- pretty PC in the press conference. Kenny was not, uh, not mm-hmm. shocking. And uh, and those guys did well. You know, one guy won, one guy should have won. So, and yeah, I mean, if, if you would, if you go back and look at the history of rider comments, there's probably more negative comments about Glen Helen than any other track. Over the years, maybe Unadilla, maybe Unadilla, maybe Unadilla. Yeah, maybe Unadilla, but I think it's for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. dirt has you know gone away. It's never. It's but just track design itself. Yeah, I think Glen Helen has caused more strife amongst the riders than anywhere else. Well, uh, okay, Kenny Roxon should have won. The sensor that regulates that tells the the teams the pressure, uh, air pressure, and, and temperature in the uh, in the fork broke. And that's what they were on full PR mode after the race to let everybody know that, that it was a sensor, a wire, not the fork itself, because lots of debate about air forks right now, JT, and that didn't help. People are going to just, I told Kyle Bentley, the, the, the manager at RCH, team manager, I said, well, I get it, your sensor broke, but no one's going to know that or remember that. It's just an air fork fail. That's all it is. It's an air fork fail. So Right, so where the air, the air had gone out, yes? Yes, so, and I, I'm not all that educated on the air fork, you know, uh, the internals of an air fork, especially, you know, factory-level equipment. But does the sensor regulate? So if the sensor fails, it just lets the air out? Because I would think it would no, be No, it broke. No, the sensor broke or whatever, and that let the air out. Okay. So there's I, a, Like I said, I, I don't know yeah. enough. No, I'm the, completely ignorant on it, but yeah, it definitely the, failed as far as there was no air left. Your fork that you buy on the uh, on the showroom floor does not have this sensor. Do you know what right. I mean? So they're doing the full PR thing about, hey, you know, your fork is fine. Did the, people, seal, the, the seal break? No. No, no, no. The sensor inside the fork broke or ripped apart or something, and that let the air out. This is a separate sensor they put in for data purposes to monitor pressure slash temperature of the fork. So when that broke, it, it, there was, a seal had to break somewhere to allow air to escape. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, sure, whatever whatever seal they use for that, but it's not stock. Okay. So right. it's not KYB. It's not, you know, so they're doing that kind of damage. But anyways, JT, are you ready to come around a little bit on this rocks and leaving Baker issue thing that you, you've always said you're not a fan of this, and Kenny hasn't won a title since he left Alden, but... And I, I haven't been as adamant as you that it was a bad idea, uh, but I, I'm starting to come around that it was fine and he's good because he's put on four riding clinics. That, um, you know, and, and sure, it wasn't balls out hot. I can say balls out on this pod, by the way, so suck at NBC Sports. It wasn't balls out hot, but uh, it was enough for me to, to, to start being like, yeah, Kenny's for real. Like We, we got four motos now, four motos of Roxon just uh, – Dominating. Uh, okay, I will. I will say this. Uh, <laughs> Kenny has been Kenny's been fantastic. The first four motos. Yep. It's a it's a shame for him that he only has a two point lead. 
because I think he deserves better than that. He he has been downright, unquestionably, the best rider uh, over the first two races, and probably even further going back into the last three or four weeks of Supercross. So, I think he has shown, you know, in the last month or two of racing, he has been the best guy, and I, I can say that pretty confidently that you know there isn't much argument for it at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm unsure of, and where I still am going to need more proof is when we get back east, when we get to Muddy Creek, when we get to these, you know, typically very hot, humid summer afternoons, that's, that's where I think no. the, the tale is going to be told. He's good, bro. He's good. No, and, and I, listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not indicting anyone. I, yeah. I, I want to see it. That's all I'm saying is if he can come out and he can lay down what just happened yesterday in a hang town on a day like that, then I think he has proven to everyone who would want to say, yeah, you, you need that program to win. Right. Weege, but, can, Weege, can you I'm, stop rummaging around your closet, please? Uh, garage. Okay, can you, can you stop rummaging around your garage, please? Thank you. Excuse me, because I just finished. We okay. are until, done. Okay. Until he does prove that, and to go even further, he has to prove that he can do this over a whole summer. He has to prove that he can do it over... 12 rounds or 17 rounds of Supercross or whatever series you want to talk about, until he can prove that and Dungy's not holding the number one plate a week or two early, I just don't think he's made his point yet. And oh, I know he's, no. he's hell-bent to make it. I know, I know how determined he is, and that's awesome. He, he should do what he thinks is best for Ken Rocks. I'm a firm believer in that. And he, he knows better than anyone else what the program was like and what his body felt like and what his psyche was like and all of those things. So He's making what he feels is the best decisions for himself, and, and he should be commended for that. But until he goes out and beats Ryan Dungey over a whole series on the toughest days, on the hottest days, then I think there's still going to be doubt there. Bro, he, I think he's got he's it. On his way to rem- I think he's on his way to removing that he's... doubt. But like I said, until he finishes and seals the deal, and that's no pun you know, on his forks, but <laughs> he, until he does that, there's still going to be questions. I I just can't see how you can just stamp it that he's that everything's answered after two rounds. Weege? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think he's going to be fine. I could easily see him winning this title. Uh, I don't. I don't think the switch is going to flip massively just because it's hot or anything like that. Uh, he's he's in Florida, you know, just like Dunge is. I, I think he'll be okay. I think he's proven that this works for him. Um, but. I still can't say it was the best decision because um, it's been 18 months since he left. It's been 18 months. Who's been better? Dungeons won three titles, a lot of races. The, quest, the, the decision of leaving Baker and leaving KTM and then looking at the following 18 months, I mean, he might not care, but to me it's forever going to haunt him. People are always going to wonder, like, man, why did he do that? He left the team and trainer that was already kicking ass and then continued to kick ass after that. Uh, so I don't think there's any escaping right. it. I mean, at this point – yeah, he figured it out. He's definitely got to figure it out. I'm not worried that he's going to get tired or anything like that uh, as the races get hotter. I think he's got the program he wants now, but he had 18 lost months. You in see, there. And maybe three years from now, he's dominating everything, and that gets forgotten, which he usually does. Right. But did you guys, uh, two races didn't save it. Did you guys see his comment about eating steak and mac and cheese? He threw that out a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely some. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Weech. No, go. 
Okay. I like this storyline. I mean, that's my job on these shows, uh, to, to pump these storylines up. And I know that that's all there under the surface. But I was surprised, actually. I tried to prime Kenny for that in the press conference. I said, uh, are you happy? You mentioned um, mac, cheese, and steak. Are you happy with your diet to be eating whatever you want? And he just said, yes. He did not go there at all. And then even more hilariously, when he was done, Dunge was still there. And Dunge was like, Man, I need to get on that. Steak and mac and cheese, that's pretty good. I need to talk to Alden. And I'm like, wait, is that Dungey playing along? Is Dungey being duped here and not realizing why he's saying that? Or is that Dungey being like, yeah, I heard what you said, and I don't care. I'm cool with it. I'll just laugh. I wonder what that was. But Dungey went out of his way to mention that he heard it. Wow, okay. I, uh, I like it. I talked to a guy that knows Dunge pretty well, doesn't work with him now, but knows him pretty well, and he said, dude, this is going to throw Dungey for a loop. This is going to be like mentally, Dunge is going to be like, we got to test, 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 test. You know, it's, it's got to make the bike better, blah, 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 blah. This guy was like, oh, man. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure if I agree with it, but I mean, Kenny should be, you know, should have swept the first four motos um, this year. That first moto, JT, was so impressive. He just hung out, bro, for like 20 minutes. No problem. Let's go for a ride. I got it. I'm going to ride right behind you. We're good, and then I'm gonna, okay. It's time, and see you later. And Dunge had no answer. That was impressive. Yeah, I, well, remember I, he, was. he messed up that rhythm. Yeah, he lost. He yeah. got on him. He lost, and he just gained it right back. Yeah, too. no, he, and he said that. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I felt like I had spots yeah. where I could just get it right back. Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, he was no doubt the best guy on the track. I mean, the, there's no way anyone could argue that. And the interesting to me thing to me here, above all that, Kenny was great. He was better than Ryan. Ryan was better than Eli. Um, I think the results were very indicative of that, you know, all day long, kind of how they finished. The thing, I I think the real storyline is kind of what Weege was talking about is there is so much just vitriol from, I I feel, coming from rocks and towards Alden Baker and Dungy on that that whole program. And I I don't know, I don't know if things were said behind the scenes when when Kenny left the program, or I, I just wonder if you were a fly on the wall for some of the conversations as that relationship went away, because you can, you can feel, you can feel it coming out of Kenny, like it's oozing out of his pores. I I don't know the right word for it, whether it's bitterness or maybe, you know, just enviousness of the success Ryan's had in that departure. Uh, Or maybe he feels that, you know, he wasn't, uh, it hasn't gone to plan and this isn't indicative of where he's really at and he's going to show everyone. But you can just see it. I mean, you can see it in his comments. You can see it in his attitude. He is very, very determined to prove a point and to shut a lot of people up, and probably most of all the people that are in that camp day in and day out. So I think that's the biggest storyline yeah. in the in the class right now is is how that whole dynamic between Kenny and the the rest of them, Jason Anderson, Ryan Dungey, and Alvin Baker, that whole crew. And then you have Adam Cinturillo kind of on the outside that's really not involved, but you know he's tight with Kenny now. He just went through that departure. So that whole dynamic there, right, that's the most interesting, interesting thing in the sport to me right now. Yeah. Um, moving, on to, moving on to Tomac a little bit. So he got passed late in the first moto by Anderson, which, which, again, which again was weird. And second moto, he came from way back to get third, rode great. Anderson's whole race seemed to turn on that, on that save, Weege. He was probably – Anderson probably would have went – um, two, three on the day. He'd passed Kennard, looking good. Then he got 
buck wild, saved it, and you know everybody knows how that kind of takes all the wind out of you. Regardless, so for Tomac, um, third overall, three three. Should I should I dust the panic button off? Each? Should I look for it somewhere to have it handy? Most people are probably thinking that's crazy since he's got a bunch of podiums, and you know if he catches fire at any point, he's he can wipe out that points deficit, no problem. But it's just looking so eerily similar to Supercross. That's the panic part, not the actual results, but just we saw this for 17 weekends, and it ne- he never got over that hump. He did at Daytona, but otherwise he couldn't get over the hump. And even those last few Supercrosses, definitely things got better. But, I mean, in the end, he never battled Rockson or Dungey for the wins. Mm-hmm. He thought, oh, if he got a start, maybe he could. But uh, it's the same thing here. And the second moto, I think, here was the best so far. But then I looked, and the time still, I mean, he didn't have Kenny's last time. Still, he's closer than he's been. Yeah, he was but, faster uh, than Dungey a lot of laps. He was faster than Dunge, but the damage was done. Yeah, he was catching yeah. Dunge. Yeah. But uh, he still wasn't as fast as Kenny. So normally I'd be like, ah, whatever, it's just two California rounds, plenty of time to go. 2013 started like this for him, and he caught fire halfway through the 250 Nationals. He ate Kenny up. He'll be fine. But it's just looking so similar to Supercross, and he's frustrated, man. Like, most of these guys, they go out of their way to not show it, but, dude, he's like one-word answers and moping. I don't want to say moping. I think mad. Um, yeah, w- he's not uh, was, accepting this. I didn't go to the press conference, so it wasn't wasn't a good one for Eli. <laughs> you can just tell. I mean, you folks yeah. can even just watch his interviews there on TV, both both races, hang town in here. I mean, you can just tell he's not happy about this at all. Yeah. So, you know, we always make the joke that, you know, that the riders or their wives and all that, they get on us for calling things out. But most of the time, the riders know themselves. Yeah. Tomac, he's not happy about going four four three three and being down 20-some seconds at the end of these motos. He knows that's not where he wants to be either. Yep. No, so, I, you know, we well, don't need well, to say it. Maybe whenever everybody was saying, I bet you can't wait till Hangtown, he was getting upset about it. Maybe he knew. Maybe he's like, I'm, well, he I don't want to. I'm not like ready to bring him. Yeah. Well, he feels like, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe, uh, but I think he also took that as a. Uh, I don't yeah, think he I wants to be pigeonholed as an outdoor specialist. I don't right. think he likes. That. Yeah, I. I um, but yeah, um, it certainly it certainly hasn't gone to plan. I, there was so much hype. I think everyone was like, "Yeah, he's not doing all that great, but wait till outdoors. Wait till outdoors. All you Tomac fans, just wait. You know what I mean? I think there was this massive countdown until outdoors got here for the resurgence of Eli Tomek, and I was certainly on that bandwagon, you know, and, and it just has not gone that way. Okay. But he really, if you watch him and you watch who he's around, he looks nothing like what it was last year. I mean, he... Well, how does Jason Anderson and catch and pass him? Like, seriously. Right, but he's not, he's not going really faster than the people around him. He just, you know, maybe he's a little better, and he kind of works his way through the pack, and he slowly catches up, but you know, by the time he got to third place last week, he was 18 seconds behind the leaders, uh, and he really did nothing with it. He was actually losing time from that point on. Last year, I mean, the guy was like, literally, get out of my way, or I'm going to put you out of my way to everyone. It didn't matter if he was in second or tenth or, you know, wherever. It literally, he couldn't pass people fast enough. It didn't matter which line he took. Uh, and I really saw that going back and watching Glen Helen and Hangtown from 2015 and then watching the first two rounds of 2016. It's just a completely different level of confidence and level of riding that I'm seeing from him. And 
I don't know the answer. I don't know if it's him or if it's the, the bike or if it's confidence or what it is, but it's, there's a clear difference in what the performance um, level is. Okay, here's the, here's the Eli Tomac fan, though, JT. So answer me this. Two pole positions, okay, so which means you went the fastest out of anybody. And a big, big okay. pole position, like yeah, big, big margin. Yeah, yeah, you went the fastest out of anybody. That's what that means. So he can do it. The starts, hey, the first moto wasn't so bad. Second moto was. Um, right? Or do I have that backwards? Yeah, no, f- second motor, he was buried. Um, last week, they were okay. So the starts haven't helped, but they haven't been killers like in Supercross. And we saw him get the pole, which means he goes faster than Kenny Roxon and Ryan Dungey. So yeah, what's going he on? He did that in Supercross, too. He did the exact same thing. That's my point. It's exactly like Supercross. He had pole position to Supercross and won heat races and looked awesome. And then you'd be like, okay, this is the week. He's got to figure it out. He's got it. And then then you get this. Like, not horrible, mm-hmm. but not winning the race. So that's the scary part to me. It looks just like Supercross. Um, Kennard got the whole shot. That was good. Fell after that. That was bad. Uh, second one was fourth. Yeah. Fourth. Fourth. Uh, wait. He had a whole shot in Hangtown? Yeah. First one. I thought that was Sealy. Well, they were one oh, two, okay, and he yeah. passed the yeah, and crashed. Right. Um, so that's good. He's been off to a, a nice start. Like, yeah, except so for the small mistakes. Yeah, but if you're winning the race, like that's two. That's what I'm trying to say. Two weeks in a row, he's been in first place and crashed. Like, right. He's killing himself out there. You know, like that's that's the situation he needs. He needs that start to put himself in position to succeed, and he's he's taking himself out of the race. You know, mm-hmm. and Supercross, it was I can't get the start. I can't get the start. Well. Now he's getting the start and he's tossing it away, you know. So it's it's when it rains it pours for Canard right now. Yeah, I've been impressed with Anderson too to start the year. He's been good, man. Yeah, he was good last year too. I mean, yeah. you know, third. I, I believe he got third at Hangtown last year, at least in a moto anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, he, you know, I think he's fit. I think he's on a on a great bike. So I, I think he's got a lot of good things going for him. He's just a touch off of you know those other um, three. Weege, uh you got a press release from Pirelli. Can you tell us what it said? Strong ride by Nicoletti leads the Pirelli charge. <laughs> Barsha, Pike, Brayton, short, strong charge by Nicoletti. <laughs> Nicoletti is carrying JGR right now. Do you think whoever does the Pirelli PRs like, had to send an email back and say, uh, Nic- Nicoletti, uh, who, who is this? I need, I need more info before I can send this out. <laughs> right. Good job by Phil. Spell check. Phil. I think the spell check automatically like it suggested Barsha. I think <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Do you mean Barsha? Ten <laughs> uh, nine for Nicoletti. Good job by him. Top top uh, JGR guy. Top Yamaha guy. That was a nice ride. Barsha. Yeah. Barsha went backwards in the first moto and then uh, stalled his bike or fell over and stalled it. I got to watch the motos uh, and then he couldn't start it. And then the team started it right back up. So that was a little weird for them. Second moto, he kind of went, um, kind of went backwards a little bit. Barsha hasn't been off to a strong start. Uh, Pike hit his head while he was seventh in the first moto. He was really good. He was fast. He was riding well. Uh, couldn't start the second moto. Um, so bummer for the JGR guys, but, uh, Tickle was all right. He started strong. Marvin was okay. He kind of went backwards in the first moto a little bit. I'd like to talk to DeCoster about that, find out exactly what happened there. Uh, Fast Freddie Norton. He was 11th. He was, he was 11th in the second moto and could not do anything to move forward. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Uh, Brayton had a decent day for sure, especially coming from California tracks. 
Um, Baggett, Weege, what was up with Baggett trying to ride? Did you speak to him? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, I actually, who I talked not only to him and his dad, but I talked to uh, Steve Navarro, Doctor Feelgood, and uh, he said honestly, the way this collarbone surgery works, there's really no problem. Like right. he should be fine. Like there's more of a chance he'll ride than not. And he did. And then, just for good measure, he crashed on the first lap of yeah, the first moto. Right. And still got 16th. You know, he finished. So, he, was, he, well, he was dead last. Yeah, he came from way back. But, um, yeah. but let me guess, the second I, moto, it hurt yeah. too much. Yeah, he was done. Yeah, they they even texted me between motos that, like, you want him to come into the TV booth, he won't be lining up. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if it was unbelievable, like, he shouldn't even be out there paying, as soon as you crash on that first uphill on the yeah. first lap and you're dead last, you just go back to the pits. But ultimately, so, he pulled out a second moto yeah. because it was too much pain. You know, so... You know, and by yeah, the way, went from last sixteenth. I think that's the ultimate measure of it. Wasn't so horrible. Like you had the ultimate excuse to just give up. By the way, Weege, I like Steve Navarro. He's a chiropractor. Please tell us more about this collarbone surgery and the plate and cutting a human being open, Mister Chiropractor. Please tell us again some more about that. Thanks. Yes, he was totally he was totally inaccurate since Blake actually did go out there and actually did race. Well, he was also, t- but he pulled on the second moto, so it was too much pain. Okay, everyone on earth was like, there's no way he's actually going to ride the motorcycle this weekend. Again, he crashed on the first uphill on the first lap and was dead last. Yeah, no, no. If it was really hurting that bad, he would have turned around. It was a great ride to come from last to 16th, but ultimately, you know, he got five points and he pulled out a second moto. So, I don't know. Um, Just rest it up, bro. Rest it up, come back. Uh, James Stewart. Again, talking about the Yosh guys. Not exactly sure why he tried to ride. JT? I have no idea why he was out there. <laughs> we each? I have no clue. I don't know. I, I, yeah. yeah. Um, what did he qualify? What did, what did he qualify? It wasn't bad. 15th? He was like 14th? 13th or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like it that, wasn't right. bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and listen, he's having a tough time finishing when he's healthy. He, uh, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I know he wants to be out there. That's the only reason you can point to is just okay. he needs to be out there for his contract reasons. No, wait. Or he just wait. wants to race. I asked someone who would know, is he out there because he wants to get paid? And I was told, no, not at all. Does not need to be out there to get paid. Okay, well, then he just wants to be out there, which is cool. I, I, I can respect that. But at the same time, what are, you're not going to accomplish anything. You're, nothing good is going to come from you riding around with one arm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, make a case. Someone make a case for me of what he's going to accomplish out there with an arm. He doesn't even know if he can hold on. You know, I just, I don't know. That's just me. I, I think his only course of action that makes sense is to be out there when you're 100% healthy because every other time you're not 100% healthy, it's going poorly. And honestly, it's going poorly when you are 100% healthy. So mm-hmm. I just throw up my hands at this point. I, I have no clue what's happening in that program. Um, so after oh, Bogle uh, cut his hand with an avocado uh, and had stitches in it, and I guess it bothered him for the second moto. Is that what you heard, Weege? Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he couldn't. His poor Geico team, which we can get into in the 250s, uh, it actually drove Michael Rocco to crack open a course light at the end of the day. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm surprised. the first one ever. I'm surprised he didn't run the hills himself just out of frustration. Um, <laughs> the uh, Weege, who, who should I – who should I dig around the closet for the panic button for after four motos? 450 class. Is there someone? In the, oh, in the 450s? Yeah, like should I dust, uh, dust it off? and? 
Uh, I mean, I, I, I say it's got to be the JGR guys. Like, yeah, this is terrible. It's terrible. I mean, they both really, Pike and uh, Barsha really needed to get something going, and unfortunately they haven't been able to get it going. Although Barsha was joking. I, I was over there, stopped by after the race, and <laughs> Barsha said, yeah, that's it, I'm retiring. I suck so bad. I'm just, I'm done. This is my end of my career. So he seems to be taking it lightly, lightly and right. not the press, but it's not good. Good thing they got Phil. <laughs> Leading the charge. <laughs> Uh, uh, Josh Grant, by the way, 6'6". Six, six. He's a Glen Helen specialist. JT's at about what you think. That's fine I for me. To see, yeah, I expected to see more flashes of brilliance from him. Yeah. I, I really did. Yeah, I, probably. I thought yeah me too. Some, yeah. yeah, some blazing laps or him just blow by a few people. And you're like, holy, you know, just yeah. the, the eye-opening type stuff you see from Josh Grant. But I'll be honest with you, the 6'6 six, six type rides are, are, are kind of nice to see because – that's two weekends in a row where he hasn't done anything stupid. Yeah, he went he hasn't eight eight last one, week, right? He went eight eight. Yeah, so the yeah, one yeah. right. He hasn't been the one moto wonder, but he's been a nice compliment to, you know, Eli Tomac on that team, which, you know, that's what teams are looking for. They they have their big money guy that they're expecting to win. Mm-hmm. And then if they can get that number two guy inside the top ten consistently, that's that's a win for them. Mm-hmm. So I think he's performing for exactly what they need him for. Yep. Um we did you hear about the Blue Buffalo team getting kicked out of the pits? They got in confrontation with security guards, but I'm thinking. Yeah. I was thinking you were yeah, behind that. that. You were maybe behind that for the dogs and dog food. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw some dogs were very hungry or about to get fed, and I said, "Get these people out of here. <laughs> Send them out." All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really weird deal. So let's touch on four fifty or two fifty class uh, when we come back after this commercial break. Use the code PulpMX sixteen. Save yourself money at Race Tech and of course Michelin and Michelin Star Cross Five. Brand new tire out. We'll be right back on the Racer X Online podcast with uh, Jason Thomas and Jason Wagnett. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Uh, trust me on this. There's a, more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you, Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven, they work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin 
Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back! RacerX Online Podcast, presented by Fox Racing, Weege and JT, just three NBC Sports superstars talking about the uh, Glen Helen National. So, all right, we, don't, we, got, we can't spend too much time on this because it's, it's Memorial Day and you guys are both busy with these things called kids. So, let's get going on that. Alex Martin, JT, Alex Martin has the red plate right now, he just won Glen Helen. That's all, what, what else do you need to say? I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily agree with all of the words you used in your tweet about Alex Martin, but I think uh, I think your point was well taken. <laughs> you don't like the swearing? Yeah, I think you could. On the heels of your NBC performance, <laughs> right, probably right. that tweet may not be. You know, yeah, yeah. The NBC like NBC execs are like, oh, let's let's look into this. You know, this pulp guy. About Rio, about Rio. Let's look into him about Rio. Let's maybe we send him. And right. they're like, oh wait, maybe not. Um, <laughs> dude. He's he's like good. He's good. Super solid. Yeah, it's uh no that was not a flash in the pan type week, you know, two weekends from him. Very very impressive. Didn't we didn't I ask you guys last week on this pod or maybe it was a pulp show but like where is his ceiling? Where is he at? Did I I mean we were like, "Hey, you know, his second moto at Hangtown was so good." And man, yeah, we you talk about it on the uh Moto 60 show, and I said, well, I, okay, that was I it, put it right in with, with everybody else. I, I mean, I didn't think Hank Helen was a fluke, but, I mean, dude, he has the red plate, and he won Glen Helen. I'm, I'm not going to claim at all that I'm ho-hum about that. Like, Alex Martin has a point fleet. It's a point fleet. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. Legit, not like we had some dumb mud race or no, something yeah. crazy. Like, no, four solid motos. Everybody was there. Everybody's healthy. Like, there's just... He just beat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and he and you know he led that first moto tw- thirty minutes, twenty eight minutes or whatever until Cooper Webb got by. Um, yeah. By the way, Tim Ferry won all of his nationals with two two scores. All of every overall Tim Ferry ever won a national two two scores. 
So I, I can appreciate the consistency of that. Um, one thing, JT, I don't know if you could notice from TV or not, but and this isn't why Martin and Martin and Webb and Plessinger did well, but those Yamahas, they got a little something extra. Man, they were good. I mean, look, those riders are good, so that's part of it also, but they were fast up those hills. You think we're back to that now? Because I, I think we were there well, two years ago. No, we were. Yeah, we were there two years ago, and then maybe we forgot. Okay, so you think it's still been there? We just, just we kind of took the emphasis off of it because I feel like it. Last year, I didn't have that feeling at all. I felt everybody was very, very level on a level playing field. That could have been just me. That, yeah, that just... I mean, or, you know, I mean, again, these are great riders, so it's hard to say. But watching them up the hills, I'm like, oh, they can practice and everything. I'm like, oh, those things are good. Um, yeah, I mean, two years ago, it was very apparent. I, I think. Everyone and anyone who was watching was like, "Yeah, they, you know, that new, yeah, the new engine and and car, yeah. you know, fuel injection. They they've got an advantage." But I wasn't there this weekend. So you can't really get the same yeah. feel. You know, you just don't get to watch everyone going up. So it's interesting though because those 250 bikes are so horsepower dependent, and as you know, parts get developed and bikes get better. You know, uh, these kind of the bikes rise and fall as far as who's got the best bike. Um. Jmart landed on Webb at, in the first moto, on, jumped on him, and said he had no idea why Webb didn't go down. Now I, I've yet to watch a TV show, but is that intentional? No, no. He said he apologized to Cooper, but Weege, how bad was it? We don't have it. Never you, saw it. You didn't have it. Oh, jeez. No, no. So I guess maybe I should take back what I was saying about that Supercross style section. I believe that's where it happened. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. those, I mean, we saw it all day that even Roxon, who is probably riding as well as anybody, messed that section up a couple times. So I'm assuming that's what happened. So I yep. guess that is the one major danger. But like I said, that's Supercross style for you. Yeah, J-Mart uh, said he had yeah. no. He landed right on Webb. He apologized to him, and he had no idea how Webb stayed up. He's like, it was crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is that the first section in the history of outdoor motocross where Coming to a complete stop was it your was, best was, bet. What's the best move? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> that right. may be the first time it's ever happened. Uh, and so, great job by. What's that? What is that? Weej, are you moving or? What are you doing, Weej? Just chill out. Why is it such a big deal? Are you dropping the engine in your, in your Oh, my God. You a literally. Car drove by my house. Well, it's it, insane. It came. Might as well be police sirens. It was pretty bad, JT, right? I yeah I, I looked at my own phone to make sure nothing had happened to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, okay, so Jmart, Jmart won the second moto. We love Amart. We all just finished saying how much we love Amart, but he's still a little sick. He said, and he, you know he's kind of charged. Like it's Jmart's still a favorite here, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think as so bad too. as it's been. Well, I don't want to say as bad as it's been, but it hasn't been great. Right. He's still he's still right there. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think you can put his brother as the favorite over him. And we saw that Savachi is vulnerable. You know, after such an incredible performance at the first weekend, this this past weekend was his nothing. His starts were terrible. Similar. His starts were yeah, balls but, terrible. But it, yeah. it's vulnerable. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, if Savachi had come out and gone one one again, and Jamar did not look great again, I would be like, ooh, that that's not a good look yeah. for Jamar right now. But I think it's anybody's. Series and if it's anybody's series, then I have to go with J Mart. Uh, I'm impressed with Cooper Webb, Weege. Like this kid hasn't ridden at all. He rode press day. That was it. The wrist, of course, is sore. This is impressive. Good job by Cooper Webb. He may win this thing too. 
I can't believe he's this good. I cannot believe he's this good. I mean, he's making all of us seem dumb. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, well, we had good evidence to go by. He has a broken navicular. That's usually a disaster. Um, how this is working out, I have no idea, especially with the non-riding. Um, crazy. Now, yep. I do think he's dealing with a few problems, like blister-type stuff. But, yep. Uh, yep. And that probably would mess him up in the second moto. Whatever, man. Yeah, he's yeah. Certain. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Forkner? I, I'm starting to come around on this kid a little bit. Um, Weed, you're the amateur motocross expert. This is probably better than what you thought, right? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and not that I'm bad-mouthing him or anything like that, but it is better than I thought. I think where you're really going to see his, his talents is uh, he's really good at supercross-type stuff, which right. you know a lot of these kids coming in, it's the opposite. You know, they're, they're not used to it. Um, for him to be this good this soon um, – you know, I didn't expect him to win his first national like Eli Tomac. Um, this is it's impressive. I, although, it's just ever hard to pin down these rookie guys. I mean, he could just have a series of mediocre races coming soon or crashes. I mean, you can't really ever count on anything with them consistency-wise, but it sure looks good right now. Yeah, he's uh, he looks good. He looks really good. Um, he was the best non-Yamaha, wasn't he? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Star Yamaha, one, two, three, five. Uh, in the points, they are uh, one, two, four, five. In the points, Star Yamaha, everybody. I've always been there for these guys. Weed, you know that. And I think in the first mode, I don't know if it ended that way, but I think Mitchell Harrison was running ninth. Did he finish ninth? Uh, yeah, no, he got eighteenth. But he got he went eighteen ten. Uh, okay. At one point in one of the races, they had five of the top nine. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Good, jo- good job by those guys. Crazy. Um, yeah, and I'm going to throw out, I think the real spoiler in all this, uh, I think Plessinger might, I think he might have something special here. Like, he was quietly good. I don't think these are his style of tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, look out for that guy. Osborne starts just blue chunks. They were terrible. He rode well, though. He rode really well, but what are you going to do? If he can't yeah, get... but riding, riding yeah, well yeah, is yeah. not going to cut it. You know? No, no, 8-8 eight, eight is, yeah, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's an 8-8. Eight, yeah. eight. So, uh Cincerillo, Weege. Panic button? Whew. Should I dust? Should I, I mean, uh, maybe not hit it, but dust it's it off? It's too early. It's yeah. too early. I was kidding. But, man, right. he's, uh, you, you hope for better for him than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a couple yeah. crashes in the first moto, but still, yeah, not, 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 not started off so well. Just, I, I want to see more speed from him. That's all. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you don't have it the whole moto or whatever, I'm good with that. You know, like, work your way back in there. But show me. Show me the one lap speed like you did at Hangtown. Right. I'm, I'm still on board. I, I can go with that. We can work with speed. Yeah, oh God, you yep. too. Uh, what's up with Geico Honda, Weege? What, what was the deal there? What happened to these guys? RJ went 6'11". Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was okay. And he was the only one. They had four of their five riders injured. Uh, so Bogle, as you mentioned, cut his hand, I guess, cutting an avocado. Yep. Uh, which is a harbinger. What's to come? So I guess Jordan Smith got landed on by Craig. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly how it went. Nobody saw it. They were kind of in the back of the pack. But I think it, even though it was a landing on, I don't think it was Craig's fault. Yeah. Um, but now we know Craig is a broken tip tip, so that's terrible. I'm sure he's out for the rest of the summer. Um, I mean, that's real bad. Uh, Smith was good enough to try the second moto with a big bruise on his neck, but he, he was up there, actually. Yeah. And then yeah. it was too much. He had to pull out. Uh and then at three laps to go, Charbonneau, who had another good ride going, was seventh in the first moto, and he's okay in moto two, and then he crashed and I think he might have broke his collarbone. Um, so the only one that survived was uh, Hampshire, but LaRocco said he did hit a fence at one point. 
Yeah, he has so. some fans too, and a fence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so do we it drove Michael Rocco to drinking? So has Matt Bichelia's agent already called God. Rocco? God. <laughs> Does anybody know what's happening with Matt Bichelia and his team? If, if you know, please speak up. Dude, it was so weird. I went over and talked to Robert Lind, who you know we used to know as a racer. Yeah, him and uh, Fast Freddy were buddies. Now he's running that team or team manager, whatever you want to call it. And I said, "So what's the deal, man?" And he's like, "I would like to know." He's like, "I don't understand. There was nothing. There were never any complaints. No problems with the bikes." We asked him over and over in Supercross, "Is there anything we can do?" And he said, "No, it's me. It's not you guys. The bike's fine." And then all of a sudden Wednesday night, he's like, "I got to get out of my deal. I got a different. I got a better deal coming." That's all I know. What's the better deal, though? Well, then the rumor was that he was going to be a replacement for either Baggett or Stu, and I'm like, well, that makes no sense. They didn't use a replacement in Supercross. Then I went and asked Mike Webb, who's usually pretty honest, maybe to a fault, and he's like, no. And by the way, both of the Suzuki guys rode practice, Baggett and Stu, so they're not exactly desperate. Like, yeah. they probably don't even need a, a replacement. And then I said to Lynn, I'm like, and by the way, if – Mike Webb did need him to fill in. Wouldn't you have just let him do it anyway? Like, he'd have to yeah, quit the team. right. Just go and back like, to the team. Yeah, we would have let yeah. him go, of course. Right, just go back yeah. to the TV team when we're done. Right, yeah. And he has a two-year deal. He had a deal for next year <laughs> that he just walked away from. So, I don't know. And wouldn't Suzuki, Suzuki, Suzuki the being a bike supplier? That's the only thing I can throw out there. I what's, don't get it. What's that, JT? Suzuki, yeah. being a, Suzuki being a bike supplier for that team, wouldn't they have just approached that team and said, hey, man, we're in a tough spot. We need to borrow Shelly yeah. up here for a bit. Yeah, I think that would have been I feel fun. like that's how it would have been. Yeah. yeah. But instead, he quit the team. Press release came out. I think that all the Suzuki guys are like, "Huh?" <laughs> like even if they, we so now, need, yeah, okay. So now Robert Lind has put the mad in mad racing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this could work out if a guy can think him together. But it's not like he knew three days in advance that <laughs> four of the five riders were going to get hurt. Do we do we sound do we do we scour the lakes of Florida and bass fishing boats for Mookie? Do oh, we? Do we? Got to be stressing it. Do we? Uh, Mookie's got to be stressing it. <laughs> There's going to be a big price tag on that, I think, I feel. I'm so against Mookie racing. I, this is so stupid. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> and if NBC Sports would like me to go on for an hour about this, I can. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyways. Even uh, better, you got to see there. Save it for real. real. <laughs> <laughs> even better, Mookie is there. Like, he's been at the two races yeah. with James yeah. even, to make matters even worse. He probably pulled a hammy just walking around the way their day went. Um, okay. Um, good ride by Marty. 14-9. Good ride. Yeah, that's that's better. You can't really – I mean, it's not – he's not setting the world on fire. No, no. You put, in, you put in two motos inside the top 15, he, you will escape the wrath yeah. of most people. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, yeah, Savachi was okay. Nelson rode a great second moto. Uh, Amart knew he needed Nelson for the overall, so that was a cool little race within a race. Um, and Amar just kind of wore him down. I think Nelson made one mistake, but uh, rough start for top Jimmy, although he was close to the top 20. Top Jimmy was close to the top 20, but rough start for top Jimmy so far um, through four motos. A-Rod, just you guys saw the video. That was the scariest crash. One of the scariest crashes I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> and of course it's A-Rod, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Geez, that was gnarly. Um, anything else? Uh, Justin I'm Hill. Looking I'm looking, Justin Hill. Yeah. Did, what, was, what happened to Sakamoto? Uh, they they said his back was sore. He said his back was sore. That's, I don't think things are going thing. great over there with Hill and the TLD guys. This is just. Uh, yeah, it just seemed like it was off to such a great start. He was 
the odds on favorite to win that title after yeah. a few rounds, I thought. Yeah, I don't think there's I don't think they're stoked or maybe the Hills aren't stoked. I don't know. Somebody's not stoked. Huh. Tonus was okay. Ten fifteen. Um I'm looking it, forward to Colorado. I, I don't I don't love these California tracks. I think the racing's fun to watch and all, but I, I think it just you don't learn a lot from California, I don't think. The East Coast tracks, are, there's so many of them as the series rolls on, and it, things change so much. I feel once we leave California. Right. All right. You guys got to go. You're busy. Uh, we just, I don't know what we just did. I don't I know. Hang gliding. I have no idea. <laughs> now, now are you ziplining? <laughs> hey, you're the, you're, the, you're the guys that decided to buy me this awesome phone that picks up a lot of sound. <laughs> we just in the cliffs of Brazil hang gliding right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. Anything else besides the NBC Sports? I mean, you guys want to have some meetings? You guys want to have conference calls? Uh, we, we need to look. look uh, we need to book our hotels for Rio. Steve, we need to get on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll talk Costas to. I, I want to stay where. That. Is there a vaccine for that Zika virus? I'm a little concerned with that. I'm good. Um, right. I want to stay where Costas stays. I'll ask Bob where his room is and everything. And. Do you think he would let us get in on his monologue and turn it into like a three-way deal? <laughs> yeah. I, I have a monologue about Mookie not racing the Nationals, Bob. I'd like to. I'd like to. The floor would be mine, please. That'd be great if I could just have some. He some... can riff about gun gun laws and you know gender equality right. and all that, and you can jump in about Mookie. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So. Uh, can we talk word of the day here? Oh, this is dude. disaster. Fix this. Fix this problem. Come up with something. You blew it. You blew it. You're the only one that can fix it. You, it was, no, it, I, dude, it, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Yeah, I'm not gonna. You can't tweet something out of 12:58. We, we got to do it right. Yeah, I agree. We yeah, dropped a, the ball. Pro, a real pro would would work on the fly. Uh, it was my own suggestion. That's ridiculous. Oh, I thought it was Chase Dallo's suggestion. I thought it was Chasers. Oh, okay. uh, well, yeah, out of the 172 we had, I, I wish I could just screen grab the uh, the suggestions that JTMOs were throwing out on Thursday. Um, <laughs> I feel they were valid. I feel they were valid. <laughs> Listen, if you want us to just offer up softballs week in and week out and no one no one gains anything, that's fine. But I want to challenge you. We don't want you to be at your best. I, I think they were uh, very heavy on the STD category. That makes it really hard. Um, how about <laughs> how about Salamander? All right. JT? Uh, I mean, how can you work Salamander in there, you know? It's going to be tough. Because nobody, nobody wants to be called a Salamander. Or what about, um, uh, what's that sloth? Ear-toed sloth? What, what is it? Four-finger sloth? What's that sloth that was sloth? Something like that. Hold on. Three-toed? Sloth names. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. Three-toed sloth, Weege. Yeah. Oh. And I'm not on TV. Wow. I'm not on NBC Sports for you to use it. That would be an easy drop if I was doing the pre-show again. <laughs> Jenna, <laughs> throw it back to Jenna Carano and the three-toed sloth. <laughs> right, exactly. <That laughs> if someone's work. going really slow out there and they get the three-toed sloth, I think you're going to get a hate tweet. Well, that's what I mean. We're just going to have to be very careful. So, <laughs> so much for Rio. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I honestly I wouldn't want to go to Rio because there're probably so many meetings. So many meetings. <laughs> I think I would decline Rio. I'm I work best You would be in. I work best on the fly. You know, fly fly racing. So. Okay, um Magic's in the moment. So, Weege, three-toed sloth? You good? 
I'll figure it out. That's the challenge. Let's do it. All right. There we go. That's the word of the day. Yeah. All right. Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant, happy Memorial Day, everybody. Thank you for supporting these pods. And um, thanks for uh, all that. JT, our time at um, Normandy last year for the Nations really puts this kind of stuff in perspective for sure. I was actually going through my photos this morning a little bit. Um, crazy. Crazy to think about that kind of stuff. So. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you in uh, Colorado. See you guys. Bye. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse, I mean, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey,